episode two. We out here. We made it. We survived episode one. Thank you guys for listening. Some we Thanks got, for listening, guys. We got some nice messages from some people. Very encouraging. Very uplifting. We um, sure did. Yeah. We really so, appreciate it. Off the top, happy Hispanic Heritage Month, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Um, Hey, Clay. Yes, Anne. got the nicest compliment about you last night. I oh, heard me? that you are the wokest. Whoa. Ever. Whoa. Um, Watch I'm out. I'm taking a virtual class. Um, this Ronnie E. Collins sure. um, School of Ministry okay. class online through my former church in Little Rock. Yes. On Monday nights. Um, it's like the history of the black church. Oh, that's sick. That's and the awesome. social implications. I'm here for it. I am too. Totally here for it. And yeah. so, um, one of our good friends, John Richards, is teaching the class, and I did not know that when I signed up for it. So it was kind of a pleasant surprise. So after after the fact, I kind of apologized for something I said. I was worried that I came across kind of sassy or something. So I was apologizing to him, and he he made a comment to me about, well, anybody that likes Reggie Miller is okay with me. And I was like, oh, yeah! nobody Woo! listening. <laughs> so... Um, so thanks, John Richards. Yeah, thank you, Pastor John Richards. Anyway, he said you're woke. So as, hey, listen. Uh, sometimes people have called me that as a compliment. Uh, sometimes people have called me that as an insult. It, it is what it is. It'd it is be like that is. sometimes. I'm yeah, very grateful that that people are listening. Um, it really means a lot taking an hour out of your day to listen to us talk about basketball. And some things that are more important than basketball. So, so what are we talking about today? Ooh. All right, you got you got you got your fingers ready because this is a hot button topic right here. Um, so, uh, with everything that has been happening in the world, um, specifically everything that has been happening in Texas, um, we felt like we would kind of rearrange our schedule. A little bit and we would talk about roe v wade and the netflix documentary that they produced on the subject um we are planning to drop a bonus episode along with this episode on the same day kind of talking more specifically about the abortion law that was uh uh passed in texas um a couple weeks back so so yeah, so we today yes. we're covering Reversing Row, which is a Netflix doc um all about uh basically the Texas legislature and um attempts moral attempts, high ground? Yeah, moral high ground? ground attempts to reverse the laws on abortion. And I do want to issue a trigger warning here. If you've if you've had experiences with abortion, if you've had family members who've gone through um struggles in this um, thing Area. you may want to um, j- yeah. just just be advised. Yeah, um, this, and I, this is a sensitive issue. And I feel like people are gonna twist my words and kind of twist Same. around what where I stand personally on that. So so at the top of this episode right now, I just want I want to throw this out there. I want to say um, personally, I would consider myself pro life. I I believe. And also, when I say I believe, I am a straight white man, a straight white middle class man. So let's get let's get that out the way right now, too. So everybody take everything I say with a grain of salt, like always. I would consider myself very pro-life. I think that um, there are situations where I would view abortion as permissible in uh, selective cases. I'm of the opinion that um, human life is sacred, though, and it needs to be preserved at all costs. We're going to get into this a little bit later, but um, at the top of the episode, if you think that making abortions illegal is going to end abortion, um, you're wrong. I don't really know how to say it. The way to end abortion is to uh, end unwanted pregnancies. And so if you really want to go after abortion numbers and see those numbers decrease, 
Uh, we need to do things like uh, have better sex education across the board. We need to have things like make contraception more readily available to people who choose to be sexually active. And you might be saying, Clay, but you're a Christian and people aren't supposed to have sex until they're married and abstinence. And uh, here's what I would say as a Christian. Yes, um, I believe that abstinence is probably the move. Um, I'll say that for me personally, but I think scripture is very clear that you cannot expect people who aren't walking with Christ to live their lives like they're walking with Christ. And that's, that's just how it is. So like you cannot force your religious beliefs or hold other people to the standards of your own religious beliefs if they are not actively choosing that religion. Um, so um, making abortion illegal is not how you do that. That's going to get a lot more people hurt, put a lot more people in a lot more dangerous um, situations. Um, just get rid of un- unwanted pregnancies, unplanned pregnancies. Make sure they don't happen. Make sure people are educated. Make sure people know how to make that not happen and uh, be responsible. That's what, what you got anything to add? No, I was actually going to say, I think we're pretty much in agreement about all of those things. So, like, I just don't want people to get it twisted about what we're trying to say here, because we are going to come hard at this documentary and (laughs) um, because we have some things to say. We do. About people Um, being garbage and hating on other people in the name of Christ. Yeah. So, um, okay, so let's get into reversing Rome. Let's do it. Uh, Right off the bat in the opening scene, um, you hear, uh, I'm going to assume Southern Baptist, um, but you just hear an evangelical man talking about abortion and like how they like use, they, they rip the limbs off of the baby while they're still alive and everything. And the whole time this is going on, the gentleman is actually using male pronouns to describe this um theoretical child and i think Which that says a lot yeah, in and of itself immediately right? like yeah we're getting right into the fact that um whether they're aware of it or not um these dudes really do not have a lot of consideration for women or towards women it's a very male-centric documentary from the pro-life side not to say that they don't interview um i'm not even going to say pro-life i'm just going to say anti- abortion or anti-choice because they're not actually pro-life and we'll get into that here in a second but it's all it's all very male-centric pronouns when they're talking about a fetus being aborted every single time almost it's um him he his um which there's a 50 percent chance that they are incorrect so at the end of the day when it comes down to it Immediately, I don't think these dudes are that concerned about uh, children as much as they are uh, male superiority. I right. Think that's part Which is of it. super ironic because women yeah. are the only uh, individuals, actual individuals at play here when it takes two people to procreate and make a baby. Yes, it does. But there are no males having any consequences in this Mm-mm. situation whatsoever. Nope. It's only the female. Yes. Um. So they go back into the history of of abortion and how it all all came to the the public forefront. And they they referenced a lady named Miss Sherry, who was a TV host. Um, And she was married and had several kids of her own. And she hosted a like daytime um, hour, I guess. And she was taking the drug thalidomide that people took for morning sickness. But it was known to cause birth defects and so she found out by ultrasound that her baby had was missing several limbs and probably wasn't going to have a good quality of life yeah and i think they said public. the baby didn't even have a heart like oh it, did it not is it that what it didn't, said it, yeah i think they said it wasn't it, going to survive yeah it didn't have a heart like at all like there was just no it heart was, in the baby okay so yeah. the traditional way i i must have missed that part the traditional thing about babies born with birth defects from thalidomide word they were born without limbs and um tons of kids were born with um, birth defects from thalidomide and, and lived um, happy healthy lives but this baby was not going to live a happy healthy life it was and she was going to go through that pregnancy carry that baby to term and it was going to die anyway 
That was the that was her story. It was going to die, and um, so she and her husband uh, made the decision to abort the baby and and made it in a public fashion. She was a she, I mean celebrity it was weird at the yeah. time to have a woman who was a a public figure, and um, in the fifties that. I mean, she wasn't a movie star. She was a TV host. Mm -hmm. Um, But she made it in a public fashion, and uh, it was a huge, huge deal. People were really coming down and hard on her for her decision. Um, So she had to really defend herself, and her husband had to defend her, and it was just a a big, fat ordeal. But um, the bottom line was it was easier for... um, rich white women at the time Mm -hmm. to get an abortion than it was for anybody else. Um, which is what's freaking new, right? Yeah. That's just the way it has always been. Rich Um, white, anything like rich white, anything. Yeah. It's easier. Yes. It's just easier. It has always Mm -hmm. been that way and it will always be that way. And so it went well. It will always be that way. Hopefully it won't. Unless we get our stuff together as a society. You are welcome. Thank you, Clay. You are welcome, Andy. I I sit corrected. Um, So we're introduced to a chaplain um, from an all-girls school who said uh, he was there to be a chaplain, like a, you know, like a a spiritual mentor to all these girls. And he ended up being an abortion therapist. Yeah, An abortion counselor. counselor, Yeah. Because he said all these these girls at this school were just coming in just a wreck. That shook me. I was not expecting to see a protestant member of the clergy um like be such a protagonist in in Mm -hmm. this documentary that Mm -hmm. really um that really caught me off guard i was i i was not expecting it at all i mean obviously i i was um glad to see uh, a gentleman uh who's dedicated his life to full-time like vocational ministry um acting with such compassion and such empathy um when most of the men who have devoted their lives to full-time vocational ministry in this documentary are the exact opposite right so what this guy was seeing was the heartbreak and the mm -hmm. just emotional turmoil and just like these girls and he saw that there, these are human beings that are going through something that it's just wrecking their lives. And he was yeah. like, "Honey, this is not worth it. This is like you are you are bigger than this one instance. You are bigger than this one decision." And yeah. just holding them through it, and um, and God, yeah. God is bigger than this. God is bigger than this choice. Um, and God will forgive this choice. Um, I think. Yeah, I don't you... know. I think it's a hard thing. Like from the top, Clay and I said what what we think we would choose if we were in that same position. But aside from being there ourselves, it's so hard yeah. to know what anybody would do in that position. Yeah. Well, I'm and never going to be in that position ever. So I, I honestly like. Yeah, you I, wouldn't. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's really no point in speculating what I would do because I'm not. And I think this is this brings me to kind of like one of the first like of the like conservative evangelical myths regarding abortion that like I grew up with and I'm sure you grew up with and I'm sure a lot of our listeners grew up with is that like people women who have unplanned pregnancies or pregnancies where the baby is not compatible with life outside the womb um just think like it's no big deal like that there's the the anti-abortion anti-choice crowd really loves to paint this picture of like a woman getting an abortion as like just being like very casual and being very flippant about it and not like really having to be in the position of like what do i do here and not not knowing what the future holds um you know, and like all the worry and stuff that comes with having a child when you're not expecting to have a child. Um, and like, it's, I grew up just thinking like people just go get abortions like left and right. Like it's no big deal. Um, and that's something before watching this documentary, I'm happy to report that, uh, I had learned that I learned, learned 
that uh, that is not a reality and that that's just kind of a something that um, the uh, anti anti abortion crowd uses as ammunition. Um, but like, that's something that if, if you're listening to this and you are on that, uh, anti, anti-choice, anti-abortion side, like that, you should watch this documentary. First of all, secondly, you should take away all of the misconceptions that you were taught and you should reevaluate. I'm not saying you have to change your stance on this subject. I think everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but you should certainly, reevaluate kind of like what is what you grew up with is true and what isn't if that makes sense right right so so they bounced down the road to uh 1968 and ronald reagan is the governor of florida of california and um he signs a law Uh, A California law. uh, Oh, my God. For Uh, therapeutic, the Therapeutic Abortion Act. It was Um, referred to as the most liberal abortion law in the country at the time. So the terms were very relaxed. Um, They were like emotional distress. Like if you could get your doctor to say that you were under emotional distress, you could get an abortion. (laughs) Yeah. So again, um rich white women were having a lot of success in getting their doctors to say, oh, she is under emotional distress. She is distressed about having this pregnancy. A child. She needs to have a therapeutic abortion. Uh-huh. Um, anything could be called a therapeutic abortion as long as the mother could express to her doctor, her private doctor. Well, who has private doctors but the well-off and the yeah, connected? Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, again, it was just a matter, it was the haves and the have nots, and uh-huh. it was garbage again. And I mean, I clutched my pearls that weren't there whenever I saw that. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding? Me? So, so it all started with everyone's favorite, Ronald Reagan in 1968 in California. Oh. So, um, in it was, it to Clay, this is so ironic because isn't this, isn't I didn't this know the nature, this. Isn't this the nature of conservatism, though? Yeah. Right? This Limited is government. that I learned. Like, the whole... And this is something that I had put together, you know, luckily a couple years back of, like, the whole concept of, like, you know, limited government and uh, the government not interfering, interfering with people's personal lives, except for this one singular right. instance of abortion, which is just kind of ironic. And I just... Again, I believe everybody's entitled to their own beliefs. I think that's fine. Um, I just want to see some transparency. Like, don't say you're all for limited government and the government not interfering with people's personal lives. And then put like a little baby asterisk that no one can see. And then a little footnote down at the bottom of the page, except for this one very important issue. Just be very upfront with your stuff and people will hate you less. Do you, I just want to see consistency. Do yeah, you consistency. hear me, Republican Party? Like, just be consistent. That's well, because fast forward 30 years and this is the same group now claiming personal choice and freedom, avoiding getting back the vaccine yes. and not protecting humanity around uh, them. Yeah. Um, are we if pro-life? You, if, are we if pro-life? You consider or are yourself we pro-life, get vaccinated. And, and, and if you're going to be pro-life, 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 like stop killing people on that yeah. are not actually guilty of crimes, w- the crimes that they're sent yeah. to prison for. But yeah. I mean, we're going to digress all over we're, the place. We'll but get into that. We'll get, I mean, we have lots of, we have lots of episodes, you guys. We have lots. Yeah. So, okay. So in, in 1970, the first legal abortion clinic was opened in New York City in the floodgates. Like everybody's going to New York. It's like, mm-hmm. that's where it's going to happen. And it was um, open by Republicans. Once again, we're going to throw that out there. The political landscape of America is forever changing and forever fluid. Um, another thing that I learned in this documentary, Auntie, um, Planned Parenthood uh, initially very opposed to doing very, and performing right. abortions. They weren't, um, they weren't here for abortions. They were here to stop unwanted pregnancy. Which is what how you avoid, how abortions, you avoid abortions to begin ding, with. Ding, ding, ding. 
So yeah, there's a huge difference between um, saying you want to see abortion ended and saying you want uh, to defund Planned Parenthood because Planned Parenthood, let me tell you all right now, a very minute percent of what they do there is actual abortions. The vast majority of it is um, educational. It's the only place nationwide where women can go get free checks for uh, breast cancer and other types of cancers that are specific uh, to women. Um, And there's, you know, readily available contraception, readily available education there. Um, So I think it's really important that we do a little caveat here and say that um, Planned Parenthood did not start off performing abortions. In fact, Planned Parenthood started off being very opposed to abortions when they became legal at the hands of Republicans. Again, tossing that out there for repetition. Um, and on top of that, like their whole goal is to make sure people don't have abortions to begin with. Um, that's kind of how they started off is uh, making sure people had uh, great education great ways to not get pregnant and to prevent unwanted pregnancies in addition to just other things that women's health specifically pertains to. So right. I, I did not realize that until later in life also, um, you know, something right, that right. I, yeah, I think a lot of people who grow up there in this anti-choice anti-abortion crowd don't realize that. Um, and they should. Right. And hopefully people will learn from this. Right. Well, so the right to life group hits the scene and this guy, um, John Sego, asked the moral question, um, is that a human? Is that a human inside the woman? And so they try to introduce this sonogram bill in Texas, um, which which the bill in and of itself was like meant to show the woman um, a picture of the of the embryo inside the uterus before she's able to get an abortion, right? And their purpose was saving lives, right? Uh, But my my problem is no compassion um, is shown, um, nor is the right to life lobby seeking any negative consequences for the males who created um, this unwanted pregnancy, like the females have all the responsibility, but li- uh, little or no, no authority um, in this situation. You know, I, I just feel like they're trying to take away this, it, taking away this woman's right um, to, to choose this, to choose what's right for her, um, th- which is what they're trying to do if they are, are successful, um, is, is not, is not really uh, respectful of her, right? Not at all. Not at all. It's giving her all the responsibility of taking care of that kid. Mm-hmm. If that kid were born, they're like, I don't see anybody signing up to take care of that kid financially, emotionally, in any other way. If mm-hmm. that kid were born, they're just saying, shame on you if you um, if you have an abortion. Yeah. But if you if you bring that kid in the world, we're nowhere to be found. Yeah. And again, like it, it goes back to just being very male centric and very male dominated uh, in the sense of this is a hundred percent a woman's fault. You know, we're not, we're not going to hold the men accountable at all. We're not going to do anything of that nature. Um, You know, we're just going to pin this all on one single party that happens to be of a particular demographic. Um, Right. So sexism, very, very apparent and rampant throughout all this they don't even try to hide it um, so oh speaking of sexism sarah wellington in 1973 was the um was the attorney for the rover in roe versus wade they literally say on a uh, in the newspaper headline blonde attorney argues abortion before supreme court blonde attorney sarah girl call yes. me yes yes the shade the shade blonde the sh- attorney like yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna give her no. a name and we're not gonna say attorney argues before Supreme Court. Attorney does a great job arguing for yeah. Supreme Court. Like Youngest she, attorney to ever argue ever. in front of the Supreme Court right. at that time. And they're gonna talk about her hair color. Yeah. Because exactly. you know why? Because it's a chick. It's sexism. I mean 
Don't get me started, Clay. Don't get me started. So, um, and I didn't know this. Uh, Roe versus Wade. Um, the woman who they who they were talking about in yeah. the case. Jane it was yeah. Jane Roe because yeah. of John Doe. Mm-hmm. Instead of John John Doe, it was Jane Roe yep. because it was an anonymous female in the case who did not want to be identified. But I she don't was saying, blame her. Oh, me either. No, no I wouldn't either. Great call, Queen. Uh, yes. Excellent choice. Go off. Yeah. Um, so the flight, she says, so Sarah's explaining to us that the flights to Dallas and California every Thursday were packed and they show all this video footage. Not a woman of color in sight. Nope. Did you notice that? Yeah. Not a woman of color. Because they couldn't the, afford the plane ticket. Because they can't afford it. Because systemic racism. A to the so, men. Not only are we dealing with um, sexism here, we're we're mixing in everything, all the isms, all the things, all the isms, all the isms, isms for days. So, and here, here again, I put in here a, um, a Planned Parenthood, which was originally intended for birth control. Um, but they were, and they were originally split on abortion. Ultimately, decided to support abortion but mm-hmm. the the governing bodies that were across the country for planned parenthood they didn't even know what to make of it when um roe versus wade passed and then they were like they had the option to perform abortions at planned parenthood planned parenthood was like oh they kind of had a bad gut feeling about it they were like what do we do now because now that they could they didn't know if they should but they ultimately um relented and decided that they could but you know, they had mixed feelings on it. So the right to life group groups come out in droves after Roe versus Wade passes. Um, Operation Rescue. Yeah. Boy, well, they, and I, I feel like so we should say. Yeah. And I, the, we'll get to those clowns here in a minute. But OK, um, what do you have to say about it? This is I, I think I found this was very interesting to me. Um, first off, there there is a little time gap between when Roe v. Wade actually gets passed by the Supreme Court and when uh, Protestant evangelicals really hop on the scene. There's there's about a five to ten year gap there before, uh, you know, denominations like the Southern Baptist Convention and and other large Protestant denominations are um, officially on board with the with the whole pro-life thing. and that's because before that, uh, their hill that they were dying on was segregation. Um, you know, mm-hmm. all over yep. the country, we start seeing a lot of these private Christian schools pop up. Right, right, um, right. As a result, and I use Christian loosely you, on the podcast. You could not see it. I did use air quotes there. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that that's all popping up as a result of, um, you know, schools having to become integrated and stuff. So, so up until this point, um, the most of the conservative white evangelical Christians were not worried about abortion at all. Right. Instead, they were worried about um, their children going to schools that were not a hundred percent white, uh, which I think is very telling that that is a good chunk of the history of the church in America, a church worshiping a brown Jewish man from the Middle East who was a mm-hmm. carpenter, um, white upper to middle class people in America worshiping that man in his life um, and and his sacrifice that he made for them um, are choosing to take legal action against their own kids going to school with people right. who look like their savior that they sing about in church every right. Sunday. So up well, until like, overt racism ain't going to sell. No, nah, so it ain't going to sell. So like, you gotta, let's just privatize our schools. We're going to save the babies. Yeah. We're right. going to, and speaking oh, of kids, well, we're going to save the babies now. That's we're right. we're going to totally switch it up and we're going to go all that racism stuff, throw it out. Um, now it's about saving, saving the babies um allegedly 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 reportedly right 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 Mm -hmm. so they so operation rescue was one of these groups that was established by the religious right um and they they set up their shop right 
next to an abortion clinic. Um, and their, their little phrase was rescuing the innocent child intended to die here today. Um, and they, they established themselves on Proverbs um, twenty-one eleven, which I'm going to read to y'all. Read it. Um, let's, let's bring some scripture into this. I'm going to bring in some scripture here. Let's bring some. Bring oh, the word. She got the reading glasses here. on. She got okay. the reading glasses. I'd, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm old. I'm an old lady. It's okay. Proverbs twenty four eleven. Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. Mm. Okay, I'm just going to tell you. Interesting. There are 15 verses on wow. killing. 15 verses on killing in scripture. There are 506 verses on love in scripture. Mm. Why? Why? Pray tell. Would we cherry pick a verse out of the Old Testament, which we know is like, for those of you who are not like students of scripture, there's the Old Testament and the New Testament and one God, but the Old Testament clay is the God of, right? It is, a, yeah. A he's lot more of judge, he's listen. more judgmental and like kind yeah. of. Well, you know. and I would say this: we look at a large chunk of Old Testament scripture. Um, the Levitical laws come to mind. People, right, people love right, to right, right. Cherry pick those. Those are laws given specifically to the um, Hebrew people at that time not not necessarily chintiles living in the 21st century um so i i you think you could yeah. probably cherry pick some some yeah, laws from the new yeah. testament oh, too about not killing but, yeah but and my gosh. also their verse that verse there uh there's a ton of um you know situations where that's applicable you know you look at all through American history, the, the things that conservatives, um, I'm not going to say Republicans, because that's not necessarily true, but the things that conservatives supported, um, you know, you just working backwards, you look at Vietnam, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of people died necessarily. Well, I was getting there. I was getting there. I was oh, gonna sorry. Say, My yeah, bad. My no, bad. you get, you get Korea. You know, Jim Crow and lynchings and like, you know, let's let's call it what it is. The conservatives, uh, definitely the slave owners. Again, going back to the rich white people, um, you know, so so like all throughout history, there have been times where they could have taken that that particular piece of scripture, put it into action to save innocent lives. And they had until now when they cherry pick this one issue that half the population does not have to deal with directly. Right. Um, so uh, to me, very interesting, um, very, uh, very fishy. Um, and this group, you know, they uh, definitely agitate some, how, how should we say this? I don't domestic terrorism. I don't, is that, <laughs> is that a good word? Violence. Um, you know, I, how pro-life do you have to be, um, to start assassinating medical exactly. professionals at their place of worship. Um, you know, I think, and that's, and, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. That's why I refuse to um, refer to these people as pro-life. I think there's a, there's an Operation Rescue member in the documentary um, that says, you know, we come here and we protest outside this building because this is where innocent lives are taken. Um like, man, keep that energy up when you're going, go protest outside the Pentagon, you know, where they send drone strikes, um, where I think roughly uh, one out of every five people at the U.S. tries to assassinate innocent people are killed in drone strikes. Ooh, you that know? just happened the last couple of weeks. Yeah, too. exactly. And that's just in the last couple of weeks, you know, go protest outside of police stations where for hundreds of years, law enforcement mm-hmm. has oh, been amen. specifically targeting and harassing minorities. Um, go protest outside of um, prisons and death row where innocent people get executed every single year in America. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of other places where innocent lives are taken without consequence in America and 
y'all are just picking one place because of politics. Y'all aren't really in it to preserve the sanctity of human life. You know, this fetus that can't survive outside of the womb, um, you're going to, you're going to get all up in arms about that, but you're not going to get up in arms about the man who was falsely accused of a crime he didn't commit that is taking a lethal injection um, and death row or the person uh, working at a market overseas in the Middle East that gets taken out in a drone strike. You know, y'all, it's just so inconsistent, so fucking inconsistent that it just drives me crazy. So my point about it is if you're going to be pro-life in the name of Jesus, perhaps just start with love for the mother and drop the judgment. Yeah. Yeah. That's my deal. Mm. That's all. That's all I got to say about it. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So after in yeah. this point, in the documentary, this is where, as Clay referenced, all the all the uh, bombings and the uh, like multiple uh, abortion providers are killed Um Two, two in Boston, um, a couple in Florida, several in Florida, actually. Um, and Dr. Colleen Nichols is here. She's an OBGYN, um, and she talks about the trauma related to the history surrounding abortion. There's, like, stalking and hunting down of, of the family members of abortion providers. And, I mean, the, it, domestic terrorism is not a stretch. It is just not a stretch. Um so, so zero federal dollars are going toward abortion, mm-hmm. um, but um, Planned Parenthood is um, increasing the unwanted planned pregnancies. Um, so Dr. Colling Nichols goes to testify before the Missouri House, and she's attempting to be a voice um, for science. And then she's followed by this cat, by a lobbyist for the pro-life movement, who is Sam Lee. He's just... Sam. And uh, I don't even know who this lady is. She's some legislator in Missouri. And she takes him to test. She's like, now, who are you? What is your what are your qualifications? He's yeah, like, she, I'm, abs- she absolutely she's, he's like, what? I'm Sam. What you mean? I'm he Sam. Have just been like, I'm a grifter. <laughs> I'm here to catch this paycheck. I'm I don't know, who is this thing going off? Yeah. So many. Oh, my gosh. But she was like, she said, there are so many regulations. Show me one other medical procedure that requires such legislative oversight. She's like a colonoscopy, a liposuction, anything. Show me why this requires such legislative oversight. Explain it to me. And Governor Eric Greitens, okay. That guy. Let the hypocrisy commence. This this guy, this this is the... uh, Former governor. So he used to be wait, a Democrat. Wait, 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 wait. Former disgraced governor. Former disgraced governor yes. of Missouri. Yes. So he was a former Boy. Democrat and then became a Republican because he moved to a red state. Mm. Then um, he was removed from office for sexual assault and blackmail of his hairdresser. Hey, He kidnapped. And like tied up in his basement and took a sex video of or some mm. nonsense. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Guess what though? He's running for office in Missouri for twenty twenty two for Roy Blunt's vacated yeah. Senate seat. Are listen, if- listen, 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 Missouri. I love you. I was I was born there. Auntie, you grew you grew up there. Yes, we love, we love Missouri. Big. Big heart, big heart from Missouri. Big heart of people, but don't please, be garbage. Please, please, don't. don't elect this man. Oh don't elect this man. Don't, don't let him take Roy Blunt's seat, please. please. We'll just see. We're gonna see how we'll far see. we've slid. We'll, we'll see. see how far we've come. If I, if, if mm. we if we reelect this cat, we are mm. really really garbage. You should that like. Was he convicted of a felony in that case? Because those I are both know. felonies. I didn't look it up. I just can't. I, like, I have no should, time for him. Uh... So, okay. So abortion has now become the property. It is the property I of the Republican Party. I promise you. One more thing about Eric Rydens. I oh, promise go. you if he would have got that hairdresser pregnant, 
There's honestly, oh, there's a there's a 100%, chance she would have had an abortion. Oh, there's a chance she did get pregnant, and we just don't we know just about don't know. it because she got an abortion potentially, right? Potentially, and that listen, and that just that's just the way the conservatives. That's just the way the GOP operates nowadays. You know, yeah. That's just. I mean, a vast majority, of, one in three women have had an abortion. Mm-hmm. One in three. All these so, all these Republican politicians get busted having all these affairs. Um, specifically our former president, our 45th president. Um, you're really gonna look, sit here and tell me none of those men have ever forced a woman to have impossible. It. It's impossible. So in nineteen eighty, Jerry Falwell's here, everybody. <laughs> We're concerned about the moral problems, the breakdown of the family. We've come to seek the welfare of America's children. God bless you and have a great day. He says to us that we have a threefold responsibility um, as Christians. Um, And I don't disagree with him. I don't. I don't. Um, It's what he doesn't say that we disagree with. Right. Yeah. So he wants us all to, you know, follow the Great Commission as Christians to to spread the gospel and um and baptize others and obviously as scripture says to register vote. to vote. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't say that in scripture yes, you guys but I believe that. I don't have a problem with those things inherently as no. a, a Christian. I'm pro Christianity. I'm also pro voting. Y'all vote. Go vote. Go vote. vote. It's not um, that hard. I'm also though anti being somebody else's junior holy spirit and telling them how to think feel and act and um i'm not trying to get between them and god yeah um i'll say this too about jerry falwell senior and jerry falwell junior let's just lump them in together um great resource i don't think we're ever gonna do a podcast on liberty university because gangster capitalism yeah, throw out uh, gangster has, capitalism. Has already done that. One. Yeah, throw it um, out. I'm gonna link that in the description. Go check that out. Go check it out. Um, it's it's something. Yeah, it's something. I'll say that. Um, Ooh, a lot going something. on. And uh, back to speaking the, of hypocrisy. Back to the segregation. Jerry Falwell Senior. Really into that. He really liked that for for a long time. Big fan of that. That's actually why he started Liberty University. Cool story. Um, Interestingly enough, okay, uh, let's proceed. Go check out. Go go, go check, check out it out. Gangs, gangster, gangster capitalism. capitalism. Plug, plug for that. So so in 1980, the evangelical voting block is born. Um, it's not biblical. It's not Christ-like. Mm-mm. That's why I denounce being e- the term evangelical because I don't think it's. I don't think it describes me as a as a Christ people. follower. I don't think. Camp. It's not who I am. So I'm not going to wear that label anymore. So Paul, Paul Weirich, this clown, he, he was the one that was here for the privatized schooling and um, uh, like really was like racism in a cell. Let's just make it about privatizing schools. Yeah. Um, and then he pulls in Phyllis Shafley, who is going to be the face of the pro-life movement to like be the opposition to Miss Sherry. Um, he recognizes that Gloria Steinem and Miss Sherry and the abortion, the pro-choice movement rather, is really um, getting some wind under its sails. And um, he he sees it that the pro-life movement needs a female mm. being its voice box. So they bring yeah. in Phyllis Shafley and um, she okay. takes off. That's what we're going to do. We're going to use a woman to get our point across just as a mouthpiece. That's it. That's what's going to happen here. And and she does. And she is their mouthpiece forever. Even to the point of, um, well, I'll get there. I'll get there. So um, we know, we know that the goal of the right of, of right to life is to structure the court. The high court. That's what they. That's what they determine is going to be their deal. Um, so under Reagan, um, they lobby hard and um, they get Sandra Day O'Connor, Justice Scalia, and Justice Kennedy. 
Um, that's their determination is that this is how the laws are going to change um, is to overturn Roe. Um, and this is the goal from then on. Um, they thought they were going to have trouble with um, H.W. Bush because he was originally a pro-choice candidate. Mm-hmm. But the evangelical base Republicans were at one point. As Ronald Reagan, all Republican candidates used to be pro-choice because guess what? Therapeutic abortion, you guys. How about that? Whenever they tell you, listen, there's a there's a lot of single issue voters out there. And the only reason they're going to vote Republican is because of abortion. They do not want to acknowledge this fact. They do not want to acknowledge the fact that Ronald Reagan passed one of the most liberal abortion laws ever seen anywhere in the world. They don't want to acknowledge the fact that Republicans were the ones that opened up the first legal abortion clinic in New York City. They don't want to acknowledge any of that because it contradicts this narrative that they've spent so many years trying to build up. So if you if you know anybody, we know a couple of people um, that are going to vote Republican just because of abortion, you should just let them know that that's horseshit, like right away, just immediately. In the name of Jesus, just tell them that's horseshit. In the name of Christ our Lord, that ain't true. Um, So H.W. Bush was basically forced into changing his stance on abortion by the... moral majority um, by the evangelical base. So he moral. is now pro-life. Mm, wow. It's funny, it how money, fun, funny how money changes people's opinions. It, true. Interesting. And so under under H.W. Bush, um, the Supreme Court case of um, Southeast Pennsylvania versus Casey um, was argued trying to read the argument on that restrictive abortion abortive limits on record so under Casey um, the undue burden standard was the undue burden standard so states can persuade a woman not to get an abortion um, but they can't prevent her from getting an abortion Mm -hmm. Um, so that was the deal with Casey so there are now two um, Two Supreme Court cases on record um, citing with a, abortion with a conservative majority. Correct. On the Correct. Supreme Court. Right. Yes. So yes. Clinton then nominates RBG and Breyer onto the RGB. All right. Got love for her. We got love. In fact, she's got a lot. She has a lot to say. Justice O'Connor retires. Rehnquist dies under W. John Roberts is nominated, and the Federal Society member Sam Alito is nominated. So now there's a 5-4 majority under W um, who votes a ban on partial birth abortion, which, let's just be honest, okay? 90% of abortions happen within the first trimester. Mm -hmm. 10% happen within the first 20 weeks. And so 1.3% of abortions, what we're talking about, these partial, the quote, partial birth abortions, which is what was taken up as the, you know, the big argument by the the pro-life movement, this 1.3%. But it sells. It It's clickbait, basically. Mm-hmm. It was something to for the pro-life movement to say, um, oh my gosh, this is the most horrific thing. And they were using just the most horrific graphic ghoulish visual aids. And come to learn, like, this is another thing I learned watching this documentary. Um, That stuff's not even real. Like, that's not medically accurate. Like, that's not, they're, again, they're just twisting things and, and distorting the truth to fit a specific narrative they're not taking into consideration the facts um of the procedure of abortion itself all all the stuff you see on the signs and everything not true yeah but really it's just 1.3 percent of the abortions at all that that uh the pro-life movement was talking mm-hmm. about and calling partial yeah, partial well, birth abortions and, and, and showing and, those horrific yeah. graphic graphic aids and um 
uh, Troy Newman from Operation Rescue, um, one of those right to life organizations, said we literally says we forced it on America. Yeah, we forced it. yeah, and he he knows that thing's not true. And also, like, here's the other thing: um, anybody that's having an abortion that late, um, it's like a life or death issue for the mother, like almost every time. So, like, you're, why would you do that? Why would you wait that late? Yeah, you're you're at the point where your child is not going to be able to survive outside of your womb. Or if you deliver the child, you are going to die. And I think it's really important to point out, too, that um, America, we have, according to the CDC, we have the highest mother mortality rate of any developed nation. Any, any nation considered first world, any like developed nation in the world, you have the highest percentage of dying as a mother that, like, that in, should not in birth, happen which should not should not happen with all the advances in medicine and technology we have but that's the situation and these this what is it 1.3 percent is that yeah 1.3 yeah, percent 1.3 percent of abortions that these people are pushing on is when it is detrimental to the mother's life or the child itself cannot like has not developed correctly and is incompatible with life outside the world. So that like just the utter nonsense of everything being overly graphic and, and the overly graphic stuff they're showing is not even accurate. It's not, it's not even real. It's, it's not accurate, which I grew up believing that it was, I believe that that's how it, it always happens. That's how it always is. Um, and it's not. I feel like I've been lied to um, for my entire life. I'm very, very, very upset about that. Well, RBG, um, when they when they uh, vote to ban partial birth abortion, the 1.3%, RBG takes a turn at the mic and, um, to, and reads her dissent on mic. I strongly dissent from today's opinion. The Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act cannot be understood as anything other than an effort to chip away at a right declared in Roe v. Wade. Um, which was good. To, it was just good to hear, you know. Yeah. Um, so, Governor Rick Perry is here uh, in Texas. Thumbs and, down. <laughs> yeah. So, he supports the legislation limiting reproductive uh, health care. And uh, it's called TARP, which is Targeted Regulation on Abortion Providers. So the, they're very, very specifically targeting the um, abortion providers here. Um, and they're thinking if they can target the um, abortion providers, that they can close the abortion clinics and mm -hmm. then decrease abortions. Mm -hmm. So um, Senator Wendy Davis of Texas Dem, um, uses the filibuster to her advantage, which is usually a Republican technique, but she uses it to her advantage. And the rules in Texas are pretty strict on it. You can't leave the floor. You can't go to the bathroom. You can't um, leave to go get a drink. You can't do... There's very restrictive. So she had a doctor come to her house and place a catheter and do all these things to help her. And she did not leave the floor for 13 hours. She filibustered and she read the stories of women who've had uh, just personal stories of women um, that she had sent into her. And uh, for 13 hours, she filibustered on the um, on the Texas House floor against this um, piece of legislation and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women showed up in support of her and cheered her on. And they called it the people's filibuster mm. and, um, and it killed Senate bill five. This is what this, that's what this piece of legislation was, but rather than listening to the, and looking just at the situation, um, Senator, or I'm sorry, Governor Perry um, pulled another emergency session and, um, passed house bill two, um closing half the clinics in texas just a little yeah, bit later and that, and that just goes to show you that for these people it's not actually about protecting the lives of unborn children it's not about protecting the lives of mothers it's about being right like it's about right. scoring political points these people are not in it for 
the actual cause of like saving. And, and I say, when I say these people, I mean, the politicians, I mean, the top dogs, I, I believe that a lot of people who claim to be pro-life, I think that they are actually bothered about, um, you know, the loss of life and abortion and all that stuff. But who I'm getting at here in this moment right now specifically is the politicians, the, the people who are um, in power and in control, because for them, they just want to be right. They want to be perceived as correct. Um, and they, they don't want to have to admit they're wrong because that's going to hurt their political careers. And like on this, the Operation Live President, um, you know, one thing I noticed, uh, he's not talking about the lives that he allegedly saved. Um, you know, he's just talking about all the people that he put out of work and, and all the all the clinics that he got closed down. Um, you know, he's he's talking about himself. He's talking about his work and making making much of him as a person. You're um, talking about the guy from the uh, pro. Yeah, the, the the president of Operation Rescue. Oh, right, right. Troy, that that Troy Newman dude. Yeah, Troy Newman. Right. He's not. He's not talking about all all the countless innocent lives he's allegedly saved. He's talking about himself. He's talking about all the times he's almost got arrested. He's talking about. All oh, he the, talks a all, lot about yeah, his trophy wall. Yeah. yeah about tr- all the things that they've wall. done. Right. He doesn't, right. he doesn't talk about the babies he saved. He doesn't talk about any of that. Cause it's not about saving babies. You guys, it's not actually at the end of the day, it's not about the sanctity of human life. It's about being right. scoring political points. If it was about the sanctity of human life, we wouldn't have capital punishment in this country. If it was actually about the sanctity of human life, we wouldn't have police getting away with murder and police getting away with imprisoning people um, who are either innocent or their punishment does not fit their crime. Um, We would not have so many other issues in this country if people actually cared about the sanctity of human life. We wouldn't have the military every single day when somebody gets stopped for driving while black. We wouldn't enraged. We wouldn't have the military killing innocent people in the Middle East. We wouldn't. We wouldn't have this military industrial complex. There are so many issues when it comes to the sanctity of human life that nobody gives a shit about. Nobody cares outside of abortion. And that's why I refuse to call these people pro-life because they don't actually care about all these other issues. They care about one issue and they care about being right. And if you call yourself pro-life and you consider yourself pro-life and you haven't reevaluated where you stand on things like capital punishment, the prison industrial complex, um, the military industrial complex and policing in the United States, um, I strongly encourage you to either a uh, change what you call yourself and no longer call yourself pro-life or uh, really do some soul searching and reevaluate where you stand on those individual subjects um, because the, the facade that you're putting out is not accurate to who you are as a person or your beliefs. Um, and I think that's really disingenuous and that's really dishonest. Okay. Ran over. Let's, let's get back to the doc. Well, well, the doc ends really with, uh, our number 45 getting introduced in saying like they, they introduced several quotes. Like if she weren't my daughter, I'd be dating her. Um, I'm, I'm pro choice. I I believe in choice. You know, it's all the things that, you know, Grab yeah. them by the pee. Yeah. All, all the inconsistent, all the very, very inconsistent things that are antithetical to the uh, Christian belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, Phil Shafley kisses the kisses the ring in public, gives the sign that um, he is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, guess what, evangelical base? He's our wow. guy. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it did happen. And the, and literally, there's nothing that has nothing has changed. Like there, he he still has the support of a a lot of people mm-hmm. because the evangelical base is behind him still, yeah. still despite everything, despite, despite everything, everything yeah. um, which is really really sickening. Um, they show clips from the 2017 largest inauguration crowd ever. Largest. 
air quotes. Very loose. Very loose. Very loosely Very said. Loose. But um, Trump did fill um, tons or several, several federal bench positions. Um, so the current composition of the high court is very conservative. Um, and Chief Justice Breyer is the oldest um, justice. He's 83 years old. And he's um, the, one of the more liberal justices. So it's, I mean, it kind of remains to be seen what's going to happen. So it's kind of a 5-4 split right now. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it remains it, to be seen. It remains to be seen, um, and I'll say this. If you don't know a ton about, like, the legal system um, and, and how it works, um, precedents are very huge. That's precedents with the C, not presidents with an S as in, like, the Oval Office. Precedent. Um, yeah, th- there have been three times now where a conservative majority, a Republican majority Supreme Court has had opportunities to overturn Roe v. Wade, and three times that has not happened. Um, so I just think from a legal precedent side, it doesn't matter how many people, and you know, a big, a big deal with Amy Coney Barrett, uh, getting appointed and, uh, the other dude that, uh, sexually assaulted people and then Kavanaugh, about it. Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kavanaugh. Um, yeah, they both had opportunities to, um, take the, take the, I like how you said that, by the way. Yeah, I like how you introduced him. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name because he's no, doesn't take you, up you space in my head. Yeah, All right, you did the job. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they both have had opportunities to side with allegedly the pro-life side, and the anti-choice side, and the anti-abortion side, whatever you want to call it, and they have failed to do so. And the whole reason that both of those people got appointed to the Supreme Court was on the basis that they were going to overturn Roe v. Wade and they have shown that that is not where they stand. So like it, it's really just like, and, and this is, I was talking to shout out to Drew Garen, um, my cousin, your hey, Drew. cousin, nephew. Yeah. I guess he's, he's like a nephew to you, but technically your cousin, his dad yeah. is your first cousin. His dad is my um, first cousin. His dad is your first cousin. Sorry folks. It's, it's all good. Um, but uh, Drew and I were talking on our way up to our family reunion in Kansas City, and he made an excellent point of like, if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, like, there's nothing for Republicans to really fall back on. Like, what are you, what are you gonna do, like, conservative? Are you gonna go back to like segregation and like racism and like 2021 if like Roe v. Wade gets overturned? They don't actually want to see it overturned because there's nothing else for them to do like that. That's literally all they have left is, is that's their only hill to die on. Um, and this is why like Christians everywhere, listen to me, denomination, no matter what um, American politics uh, should not influence your religion. And when you do, this is, this is literally what happens. So just like, don't do it. Don't do it. You guys. Shouldn't, shouldn't be that tough, but here we are. If you guys didn't Let's do it. Be better. Like, you know what? We wouldn't have this podcast. getting into good trouble. This is not good this trouble. This is not good trouble. This is not, this is not the good trouble that we were taught about. No. It's bad trouble. It's just, this it's is bad. bad. This is bad. bad it's a bad look. It's a bad look. I mean, okay, and here's the thing. I do know, I, I just, just on a personal note, I've, I've had friends that have, I've had lots of friends who've had abortions, and I know there's not like a lot of uh there's a lot of weight that's carried with that and i know there are good pregnancy care centers out there that offer Mm -hmm. um like post-abortive counseling and i've i've got lots of friends who work at pregnancy care centers like that that are Mm -hmm. doing doing good work doing good work out there just be on the right side of history you guys yeah yes and again like i want to reiterate that i believe like I won't I want to see I think everybody universally wants to see it to where we don't have a need for abortion because again like abortion isn't something that like people get excited about or they think it's awesome as like the conservative media likes to portray this is like a it's not a great thing that people want to do and the way we get rid of it is not through legislation it is through accurate sex education sufficient sex education 
and making contraceptives available to people who are sexually active. I think Colorado is a great example of this. Um, not only are they saving taxpayer money on, um, you know, like pregnancy, like the state that ends up paying for like hospital bills and birth, that's all falling. Um, but also like, you know, Colorado has now seen their abortion rate in recent years drop lower than more conservative states. Um, so, and they've really put in an effort to, um, you know, have sufficient sex education and look what's happening. People are having less abortions. Imagine that auntie. Imagine, Imagine. that actually working. Imagine. Wow. Crazy. People. That's crazy. Okay. Well, thanks th- for being here guys. Thanks for being here. This has been another episode. Um, if you got any questions, comments, you want to chat with us, we'd love to speak with you. Shoot us a message on Facebook. Shoot us a message on Instagram. Uh, if you follow either of our personal social media, uh, hit us up on there. We'd love to connect with you guys. If you got a specific documentary you want us to cover, um, let us know. We'll, we'll check it out. We'll, we'll see what we think. If you have a guest you think we should interview, um, let us know about that. Also, we'd really love to hear that. Um, uh, we want you to know that we love you. We want you to know that God loves you and stay tuned for our bonus episode, uh, drop in today. Also, if you just couldn't get enough of us talking about abortion, (laughs) <laughs> you can get some more you can get an extra 30 minutes just for you especially just for, for y'all. you alright this has been another episode of the Anne Clan Show uh, we'll catch you guys later bye